my god, why would you go there? I don't know. I don't think they have yet. So these, the, they're just so human. They're very I'm human. I'm so impressed. Yeah. And I, horrified. Yes. This is the Chemist Confessions Podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And this is a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk about on the daily. Um, today, we are talking all about hyperpigmentation. <gasps> it's going to be a dense one, guys. Yeah. Basically, it's fall, mm-hmm. which means we're getting less sun, kind of. I don't know. I feel like LA. LA is an outlier. <laughs> I think most of you are getting a little less sun. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's actually a great time to start getting more intensive about hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. if this is a concern of yours. So yep. what better time? But first things first, we're going to do a little bit of nice words. Yep. The first one is for the gold standard. Mm-hmm. And this is this is our 30% glycolic acid exfoliator. The title is So Effective and Love the Versatility. Woo-hoo. The Chemist Confession book slash podcast was my gateway into skincare over a year ago. Aww. And this product is my first from the line. I have dry skin and am typically tackling pigmentation and fine lines. Mm. But in the summer, with lots of waterproof SPF sweat humidity, I seem to always get some breakouts and congestion despite my best efforts. I feel that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gold standard. Oh my God, especially the SPF test we did this summer. <laughs> Gold standard has been amazing at treating all my concerns without causing any sensitivity. Mm. I particularly appreciate its versatility. Using it as a 10-minute mask or adding a drop into my moisturizer depending on how my skin feels. I will admit I wasn't sure how effective the short contact therapy mm. would be as someone who's used to leave on serums, yeah. but it seems to be even more effective at clearing congestion and treating dark spots with even less irritation than a leave on serum. Had purchased a mini and will now be getting the full size. Hey, I love everything about this review. Mm-hmm. Also, because, yeah, I think it definitely takes a little bit of learning to feel like a temporary 10 minute step mm-hmm. could be helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it is no joke. That's actually my preferred way of using it most, yeah. most of the time as well. Um, so really glad that, you know, this person found that gold standard really mm-hmm. worked out for them. It's not for the faint of heart, but right now you can, for any order over $50 <laughs> on a website, you can get this mini for free or you can just pick up the mini to see if it's right for you. Um, I also love that this person shared a lot uh, about mm-hmm. their routine. It's, a, it's definitely an actus packed routine. There's yeah. a lot you can take away from her description. So thank you so much. I also have one other comment is I really get a kick out of people who like let us know that they're using it multiple ways yeah, in our products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've liberated someone. Yeah. <laughs> I think the um the whole entire exfoliation line yeah. is kind of our sleeper line. Yeah. Because we struggle a lot with like, this is the way there's more line. Yeah. And we struggle a lot with communication. Um, I think we call it a treatment. And then for a little while, we called it the booster. mask, a booster mm-hmm. and then a mask because you can use it in these different ways. Yeah. But right. And for the long time, like whatever you call it, you're like, well, if I call it a mask, well, people know that you can also use it as a booster. <laughs> if I call it a booster, do people know that you can also use it as a mask? Yeah, as a struggles. Exactly. A tool. And yeah. then people are like, I don't know what that is at all. So yeah. yeah. But I, it's, I think that's like always been our goal. So mm-hmm. when people just take that one step to try something different and do, try to like use it in a couple different ways. And I'm like, yes, they get it. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyways, awesome review. Uh, the second one is about our experiment uh, minis kit. The title is Perfect Starter Kit. 
This person writes, I've been curious about CC for a while and they did not disappoint. Didn't find a single dud in the pack. Yes. Thank God. (laughs) My favorites are the specialist and Aquafix. The only thing I wish they had was an oil cleanser. I know blank slate is meant to take off quite a bit, but my skin doesn't feel totally clean until I double cleanse at night. Fair. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I think she captures everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, we love our Minnie's kit. It's actually the third generation of yeah. such kit. Um, this one is probably my favorite because with the inclusion of the cleanser mm. and the exfoliator of your choice, it really feels like a pretty complete routine. Totally. Yeah. And she's absolutely right. Blank Slate is that um, it's meant to be that gentle gel cleanser that we feel like hits the best sweet spot of like gentle and like cleansing power. Mm-hmm. So totally makes sense that for some it's more of a better double cleanse than i guess the the, one and done one and done Mm -hmm. um it just depends on what your routine is what are you doing through the day the type of makeup you're using and now like tinted sunscreens that i'm starting to realize so the devil (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah this is great all right and we have one last nice words this one is possibly my favorite review as of late. Um, this one is for the baby steps, yeah. which we consider to be the foil product to the gold standard. Yes. And the title is, The Chemist Made a Liar Out of Me. <gasps> we didn't mean it. I promise. <laughs> and the review goes, I had publicly declared uh, exfoliating acids my mortal enemy after having bad experiences <laughs> with even the most mild mendelic lactic and even PHA treatments. Wash off, leave on, it didn't matter. My skin hissed. Mm. Baby steps at 30% PHA and 15% AHA didn't sound so baby to me. Yeah, that's fair. fair. <laughs> I thought the chemists were nuts. And no, we, also we fair. are. That's, that's not <laughs> your imagination. Um, but I was buying the minis kit and had to select an exfoliating booster. So I chose this one without actually intending to use it. But I couldn't help myself. And you know what? Putting a booster drop into my serum every other night went exceptionally mm. well. And that frequency means a tube will last a long time. Mm. To sum up, the chemist made me look bad in the best way possible. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we're, and that's actually part of, the, um, part of the concept behind this whole line mm. and why we really insist on creating something that can be used multiple ways. Is sometimes it's not that you haven't found the ingredient that works for you. It's you haven't found ingredients that's done in a way that works for your skin. And, and everyone's skin is different. There's no yeah. way we can create one product that's only that can be only used one way that will suit everyone's skin yeah, type totally and yeah i just feel like that's i i think this is exactly why we had to when we were thinking of baby steps we ran a hatchery mm-hmm. because we knew that this was a category of people who have been burnt before literally <laughs> yeah and also but at the same time i think there's this um perception of if it's very gentle, it's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. Yeah. And that's actually, it's fair. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there are products out there just, they're they're more catering to the sensitivity and not enough about actually treating, you yeah. know? So that, I, I don't know, I feel like uh, it's awesome. And I remember we ran a hatchery or incubator study on two versions of yep. this, one with lactic acid forward, one with gluconolactyl yeah. forward. And I remember from the study, we got more comments on the lactic acid group for it being very effective. Yeah. But we also got more comments on a, on it still being irritating. Yes. So that's totally why we chose the PHA forward version. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, this is awesome. Um, like we said, we want to thank everyone who does leave us these reviews. We highly recommend that if you are curious about our products to definitely check out the review section because every one of these customers actually leaves details about their actual routine and skin type which we find to be so helpful for you, the curious user. So um, yeah, and we don't pay for them. So yeah. yeah. And if you're listening to our podcast, please use the code 
podcast ship for free shipping on any order. This also works on express shipping. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you guys so much. All right. It's time. Time to get into the meats. The meats. <laughs> okay, it's hyperpigmentation o'clock already. Ooh. And um, it's going to be a dense one. You know, when I was putting this together, I was like, man, we've done this so off so much. <laughs> Is there more to talk about? There's a lot more to talk about. So first first things first, we have to start with biology review. Yes. But because we've done this a lot, we're going to go over it really, Blitz. really quickly. We're blitzing. Yes. And you can read more to get a refresher on our blog for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so pigmentation is can be caused by a lot of things and the external um the external aggressors like the sun your hormones irritation acne yeah yeah, yeah. all of these can kick <laughs> off um, melanin production mm. and this melanin production because of these external aggress- aggressors might be a lot more hyperactive than it really should be and this means your melanocytes is being very hyper making a lot of pigments and the way these cells make pigments is it has these tentacles, these finger-like tentacles, and there is a um, protein, uh, there's an enzyme there called tyrosinase that dictates how fast melanocyte create these melanin. And once they made it, it goes through the fingers and it gets transferred up to the upper layers and that's when this melanin becomes visible. Um, this is a very normal process mm-hmm. that gives each of us our unique skin tone. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes hyperactive, that is when you get your dark spots and kind of unevenness all around. Yeah, totally. And so... With that in mind, you understand, hopefully you guys hear that there's different steps in this process. Mm-hmm. Gloria calls out tyrosinase because that is a big focal point in skincare actives. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of them are all about curbing this cascade that happens in this kickstart from tyrosinase that signal um, the melanin deposits. So that's why we call that out in particular. There's also one step we should, that will be looked at is also that kind of, mel, they call it melanosome. This is that melanin package deposit. That transfer, um, there's um, some focus on that as well. But yeah, with all these steps, we can immediately tell you that it's going to take a family of mm-hmm. stuff to try to tackle different parts of this process yep. to really just do anything to help. Yeah. You know? I know a lot of you will be searching for your particular type of hyperpigmentation or pigmentation mm. issue. So um, one of the classic is you'll look up terms like melasma, sunspots, or PIH. The one thing that I do want to highlight here is that it doesn't matter what type of um, hyperpigmentation mm. you might have. The topical treatments remain largely the same. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. But yeah, we should touch on some of these terms uh, in more detail. Yeah, so I think the probably... It can get pretty confusing, um, especially I feel like melasma and sunspots. I think people are, when you start Googling, they all start feeling mixed together. Um, Melasma, we would consider to be probably the most severe of hyperpigmentation scenarios. And sunspots are really more of those like freckles. Um, These are like smaller pigments that usually typically occur after a lot of sun. Mm -hmm. And they really hone in on the sunspots because um, there are some that will fade once you have less sun, but there are some that are a lot more permanent. So that's one realm. And then you also have your PIH, your post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. If you start dabbling in this realm, you'll also start hearing about PIE, which is post-inflammatory erythema. If you're wondering what the difference is, it's erythema is linked to inflammation. And this often gets tied together for acne individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, hate to say it, with acne, um, you're usually getting a blend of PIE and PIH. Yay. 
<laughs> so fun. Um, but PIH is truly the more hyperpigmentation focus here, whereas PIE, um, you're really looking at that to do resolve over time a little bit easier. And but honestly, it's a real combination of the three PIH, PIE and some scarring. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a really, really quick overview. Definitely check out our book or the blog for more. Yeah. But for this podcast, we're going to dive right into shopping. So because it's a lot. Yep. And it requires a bit of a breakdown. Yeah. We, uh, I actually, for this episode, sometimes when we start putting episodes together, we start with the papers. Has there been anything new since we last did, did a deep dive in the subject? Is there something we don't know about? This one, I went straight to shopping. And that is why we decided that, okay, it's very confusing out there. We just decoded two hodgepodge mm. um, products in the previous episodes. And we were here to tell you that the products out there get a lot crazier than that. Um, <laughs> but one of the, if you're really serious about tackling that hyperpigmentation, if you've been at it for a while, you're starting to realize that it is very stubborn. It is very hard. You might turn your attention to fancy schmancy, very expensive clinical brand products like your SkinCeuticals and SkinMedica. Um, a lot of these brands do come with really interesting clinical studies. Yeah. So for meet part one, we're going to take a closer look at each of these famous clinical products clinical tests yeah let's do it all right we got to start with skin medicas mm -hmm. lightera has been around for a long time it's probably one of those like og og yeah Definitely. pigmentation serums for sure and to be fair rightfully so they've actually done a ton of work mm -hmm. behind it um we should say first of all what is lightera it's a 160 dollar hyperpigmentation serum that has actives like tranexamic phenolethylresorcinol niacinamide peptides and phytic acid Yep. And I do want to call out, this is probably what people think of when you say hyperpigmentation, skin mm -hmm. medica. Okay, Lightera. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a cold favorite. Mm -hmm. um, this is probably the entry point for anyone venturing into yeah. like higher, uh, higher priced tier hyperpigmentation serums. Um, I want to call out their other serum, yeah. which is their TNS, yeah. which is their growth factor serum with a lot of extract. The growth factor here is their proprietary ingredient that is really the star here. This clocks in at a whopping $295. <laughs> uh, it's their... It's their crown jewel in the anti-aging yeah. realm, but I'm bringing up TNS because some of Skin Medica's uh, most interesting data actually comes from using Lightera and TNS in a combined yes. system. Yes. Um, so uh, I should mention that these uh, products have been tested individually by themselves, but I do find their combo test to be the most interesting. Mm -hmm. So first up, they tested a four-product Skin Medica hyperpigmentation serum, uh, system. This one contains both TNS and Lightera. Mm -hmm. Um, they call it the HQ-free or hydroquinone-free system versus a whopping seven-product Obagi New Derm system. They are very bold. <laughs> they straight up called out, yeah, we're coming after you, Obagi. Um, <laughs> and Obagi's New Derm system does contain hydroquinone. Yep. They did the test for, for 12 weeks. This one is a smaller study. So there's 16 people in the Skin Medica group mm -hmm. and 20 people in the Obagi group. Mm -hmm. And after 12 weeks, both were successful in reducing overall hyperpigmentation model pigmentation area if you're wondering what model pigmentation is that is kind of this um it's usually over a wider area of the skin um and modeled you want to think of it as i i'm so sorry but the word is like some more speckled but the idea would be a general area of that kind of like pigmentation i'm sorry I, there's not good adjectives for this at all you can find the hyperpigmentation the lingo is very brutal yeah holy not crap <laughs> yeah anyways yes yep so um the, 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 the model pigmentation areas decreased. Severity index was also down. Mm -hmm. General global photo aging has improved. The Obagi group has uh, also has reduction to roughness. 
Um, overall, there is no significant difference between mm. the groups in terms of effectiveness and tolerability. I think so. One of the things I think is kind of cool about it is one, hydroquinone is the gold standard mm-hmm. for this category. So I think it's great that they did a head to head. If you're wondering, okay, we glossed over the four products. The other two products is a cleanser and a sunscreen. Hence why we find that the important focal point here is Lytera and TNS. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I would say promising. Now, I do also think we should address a lot of times Gloria and I don't like to tout regimens because mm-hmm. it really feels almost like kind of gross. That it's like you got to buy into a whole system to get results. This is a $455 system. There you go. Um, but I feel like with hyperpigmentation and kind of how we were talking about how you have to tackle multiple steps and ingredients have to tackle multiple aspects of pigmentation i kind of get it for Mm. this realm that usually you need a regimen to really i don't know make a difference yeah Yeah. for sure and i think this is again the study size is small but what i really like about these really high level clinical brands is there's a lot of benchmarks so you can kind of assess how it works so um, hydroquinone is a little controversial it's known to cause some side effects like flaking irritation and also the halo effect on some skin types. And mm-hmm. um, so this is a great alternative uh, compared to a hydroquinone system. And yeah. You might not have the access to a um, prescription yep. required type of regimen anyway. Totally. But they didn't stop here. They kept going. <laughs> They're like, well, okay, this bench is cute and all, but we are going to, we want to shine the light on our system. Mm-hmm. So they did another clinical test. This one uh, also uses their facial cleanser. A TNS essential, the TNS serum, like Terra, their rejuvenating moisturizer, and their daily physical defense sunscreen. Mm-hmm. So a full-on skin medical system. This is a whopping 24-week clinical. Yeah, you thought 12 weeks was longer than normal. 24 weeks. Very yep. good. And this time was 72 nice. um, individuals. Mm-hmm. They recruited people with moderate to severe photo damage. And what I really like about the study is the duration. Most studies are eight weeks. Hyperpigmentation studies is when you kind of stretch into that 12-week zone. 24 weeks is incredibly rare. And something that they are very proud of that they call out as well is you don't see a plateau. Yes. Um, You can see the chart we're going to put up here is through the entire duration of the study across uh, parameters like overall hyperpigmentation, photo damage, fine lines, coarse lines, and skin tone evenness, and even tactile roughness, which I find that term to be kind of humorous. Um, (laughs) There's... It it starts improving at four weeks, but continues to do so throughout the 24 weeks. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think sometimes we think we always think in the four to eight week realm and then people start wondering like, okay, I've done all I can with my product. It's time to move on. Same skin cycle time. Yeah. And that's not how that works at all. And I think the other thing I wanted to highlight, I don't know if Laura would agree with me, is like if you look at the four week time point and you look at the percent change. Mm -hmm. I almost want to bet you're not actually visibly able to see those results. You know, like I think that it's going to feel like you're almost like I like it feels mystical. And so I think that's why, you know, giving it enough time, especially in this category, having that much patience is so important. Yeah, that's such a good point. If you look at just overall hyperpigmentation at a four week time point, it's like what? It's six percent. Yeah, nothing. It honestly feels like if you sleep extra well, you're going to feel like your skin looks a little better. Or you did an AHA mask Mm -hmm. and then you're like, well, that worked better than my hyperpigmentation product. You're like, no, 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 no. 
like that's not how that works yeah and by week 24 that percent improvement comes in at over 20 percent, which yeah. i believe is more visible by yeah. that point yeah i think this data is super cool mm-hmm. it makes it a really good case for just how long you have to use something to see and get that improvement yeah yep so that's skin medica's mm. rather pricey but well-tested system and why it's been pricey and been around for as long as it has yeah for sure and skin medica is one of the uh, one of the few brands that we don't see regimen studies as much yeah, uh, in hyperpigmentation studies they usually do give them a gentle cleanser and mm-hmm. a sunscreen but usually just test the one product so mm-hmm. i thought it's like that's kind of neat. They do have tests on these individual products, but I think it's cool to show the con- the whole routine as a whole. Also, yeah, because you want the results. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right. Next, SkinCeuticals. Ah, uh, yes. We got an awkward one. <laughs> this first study is on the advanced pigment corrector. That was around when Gloria and I were at L'Oreal. <laughs> Many moons ago. R.I.P. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's awkward because advanced pigment corrector has been discontinued. Yes. But we still want to talk about this test because it is a very interesting test. Yeah. It, this was a 12-week clinical with 82 people, mm. with 41 in each group. Mm. They applied the test cream twice daily, which is advanced pigment corrector, RIP. And then <laughs> in the other test, to, uh, test group, they benched against a 4% hydroquinone and a 0.025% tretinoin applied oh, nightly. Juicy. So, now, is that a combined product or one after the other? One after one the other. other. Wow. So... Pretty good. So a pretty aggressive regimen. And if you have uh, hyperpigmentation, you go to a derm, this is likely uh, the combination they might prescribe you. And this Mm -hmm. is a prescription required type of routine. So after 12 weeks, the prescription side had tolerability issues. But in terms of the efficacy in hyperpigmentation, the two cells had parity in terms of even skin tone, decreased spot intensity, decreased spot size, and improved overall pigmentation. Mm -hmm. And they have a before after a, a pretty impressive before and after picture for the side that uses the test product yeah i all i can say is rep <laughs> and if you're curious about what's in advanced pigment corrector it's typically the blend that they had was a um it's i don't i don't want to say it's proprietary but more more in their realm is hydroxyphenoxypropionic acid Elagic acid, yeast extract, and sal acid. So that mm-hmm. was the cocktail of ingredients. Yeah, elagic acid has great data, but you don't see it a lot because it has a ton of formulation issues. <laughs> Another one. Mm-hmm. Usually the best ones have skeletons in the closet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so you might think, wow, this is a great product with great results. It just got of fizzled out on the market. Um, I did want to add a point, and I think maybe just a review for people who haven't heard this before, but cocktails and the cocktail effect is important here yeah it's also why you know like we mysterious blends they sound like great things but you really don't know what happens until you test them Mm -hmm. and sometimes what happens is when you put these blends together um you get the cocktail effect where one plus one doesn't equal two it equals three or four but you really don't know until you have studies like this which is why I, yeah, Gloria has categorized this in its own realm of like clinical high-priced pigmentation products because 
the data, it, you wouldn't know anything at all unless you had the data. Yep, so yeah, for sure. I didn't want to mention that. I, cool. But in the ashes of a Vans Pigment Corrector comes... <laughs> a phoenix rising. <laughs> Discoloration defense. That is a product that is still being sold in the SkinCeuticals line. This one features a lot of familiar ingredients. Mm. We have 3% transamic acid, 1% kojic mm. acid, 5% niacinamide, and 5% hepes, which is their mild cell turnover helper. They're, they actually put it through two different studies. The first one is a 12-week clinical with 50 people, um, people mild to moderate. This is important because the other one's moderate to severe. Um, <laughs> facial discoloration with stubborn dark spots, post-acne marks, and uneven skin tone. This is twice daily used with sunscreen. Mm. And in that study, they had 60% average improvement. I really like that because sometimes um, yeah. clinicals will highlight like up to. Yeah, exactly. The up to that. lingo is very tricky. So 60% average improvement is pretty impressive because 60% you can already expect it to be visually perceptible versus like a 10%. And then also a 59% average improvement in appearance of skin discoloration, Mm -hmm. 81% average improvement in appearance of post-acne marks, which is very impressive, and 59% average improvement in the appearance of even skin tone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... The, the numbers are great. And then they put it through another clinical study. This one is also 12 weeks. 12 weeks is spelled 233KS. <laughs> yes, I saw it. Um, 12 teaks. <laughs> 12 teaks. <laughs> um, also a 12-week study <laughs> with 51 people, but this time with people with darker skin. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Fitzpatrick 5 to 6, which is definitely on the highest end of the Fitzpatrick scale. With signs, what is <laughs> wow. <laughs> With signs for skin discoloration, hyperpigmentation, um, both hy- PIH and melasma twice mm. daily. And they were also uh, they were also able to observe a 30% reduction in post-blemish marks at 12 weeks. I really love that they did this mm-hmm. because um, oftentimes darker skin types get forgotten. Yes. And the behavior of hyperpigmentation is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very cool to understand how that works for this category as well yeah yeah so i really love the two studies mm. of the discoloration defense mm. does it feel like a proper replacement for advanced <laughs> pigment corrector i don't know it seems like it works really well mm. but i also love that advanced pigment corrector was benched against a very aggressive ta- target with yes. hydroquinone and tretinoin i know r.i.p r.i.p i did want to say one thing to keep in mind about this category that we should call it is a lot of them are using it twice daily. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people feel like serum should only be used at night. Mm-hmm. But with hyperpigmentation, it's like, no, Do as it. much as possible. You wake up, you put it on. Yes. You go sleep, you put it on. Yes, exactly. So this, I, I think, and we'll talk about this more when we actually talk about routines, is that your daytime routine is a lot more, is a lot fuller than mm-hmm. the average other, like every, everyone else's routines. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, one last thing to call out on discoloration defense, SkinCeuticals does mention on their website with that lovely 1% Kojic. It's not your imagination. Your serum's turning black on you. <laughs> so if you get it, use it up rapidly. Yes. Cool dark place, vampire settings, do what you can. Do not hoard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't buy bundled deals because I, I do feel like sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get that with Black Friday and mm-hmm. whatnot. And this is definitely one of those like you don't want to do that yep. for sure. Cool. Last but not least, mm. we have Elastin's Illuminate Brightening Serum. I gotta be honest, I'll see this in med spas and then I'll see the price and I'm like baffled. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, yep. testing. 
This one is one hundred sixty eight dollars. It has transamic acid and niacinamide. Mm. Sound your imagination. Transamic acid and niacinamide think a lot of stuff, <laughs> but it also has their proprietary. They call it their Path Three technology. Yeah, I can. I don't know what that really means, but it's their technology. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and this one, they also had a study that mm. bench against hydroquinone. Very cool. Yep. So it's a smaller study, mm-hmm. about twenty subjects per cell. Mm-hmm. On one cell, they use the illuminating serum twice a day, and then on the other cell, they use four percent hydroquinone once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, in just this small study of about twenty per study cell, the hydroquinone already has five cases of adverse side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an idea of what are the likelihood of you experiencing some sort of madness from hydroquinone. <laughs> yeah, and so they looked at things like dyschromia, which is really just that uneven. Skin tones honestly can also be chalked up to hyperpigmentation spots, tone, clarity, evenness, radiance, and texture. Um, they also have show, we'll, we'll share the before and after here of using their elastin product on skin over time. But yeah, all in all, uh, yeah, definitely makes a case for using this product. Yeah. So that kind of sums up the three title studies we've seen out there mm-hmm. with um, in this category. Yeah. A couple of things I want to point out. One is all of them um, have done studies that compare that bench against standards like hydroquinone, like prescription level hydroquinone. Yes. And that to me is, you know, when I charge you 160 northwards of $160 serum, <laughs> this is the type of studies that um, honestly, I think we, people should expect to see. And justifies the price tag. Yeah. yeah. And if you see things in this price tag and you don't see that kind of study, then we'd say it's not worth it. <laughs> no, definitely not. Just because of the... Also, think about this way. The amount you're about to pay, mm-hmm. the timeline of how you're going to be using this, it's definitely an investment. Yes. So it better come with the right set of data to mm-hmm. prove that. Yeah. So of the three, <laughs> which one would you buy? Oh, God, this is hard. <sighs> okay. If I was being serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not a recession. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. No, no, no. Budget is not the issue here. This is investment. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I think I would. I am just so curious about the Lightera duo. But holy crap. Am yeah. I crying? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I'm so curious. I think I agree. I don't know. It's just it's painful. But man, I, I will say my routine is on point for six months. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I, messing around. If I'm already spending the money, you bet I'm using it twice a day yeah, on the dot. On the dot, I am. I am purposely getting out of bed at night if I'm just lazy, and I'm definitely putting that shit on. I think I agree with you. Like I'm like, well, huh? Yeah. This routine, I'll do something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm typically one that's very skeptical of the general, like, uh, I don't know, stem cells, yep. fibroblasts, like all of that. I just feel like there's just so. There's too much mystery, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I'd have to give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. Case. And I think that's like, um, I, for people who've been listening to podcasts for a long time, you'll know that sometimes we can be very critical. Very. And kind of mean. <laughs> we try yeah. not to, but yes. Yeah, to very sure. expensive products. And this is why when it comes to the price tag, this is the type of stuff that we want to see. Um, so yeah, we hope this was helpful. Yeah, this is just one category. Yeah. And me part two will be going through the rest. Yep. And it's really time to take a break. Yes. Take a break, take a break. Ooh. All right, it's time to break, 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 break it up, break, break, break it up, break, 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 break,
darn they're probably gonna make a comeback for the other episodes <laughs> but um we're gonna nothing is pooping on your ceiling uh, on your roof no and animal holes. assholes today all no, right fair enough today all right hit me today we're gonna talk about a very um very average looking fish it's the sheep's head fish it's like my mom has steamed this fish before yeah she might have it is edible <laughs> okay. you'll see it's a medium-sized fish it's like 20 to 30 inches long okay it has very distinct distinct stripes mm-hmm. on the fish it's all over the place. It's not an endangered fish at all. Cool. You can find it off the coast of the Atlantic. <sighs> yep. No sad story here. <laughs> yeah, no sad stories here. You can find it all the way from like New off the coast of New York all the way down to like Brazil. Nice. Um, it's very Sheep's Head Long Island. Is it Long Island? One of the towns is actually named after this fish. Oh. Yep. Cool. It's it is an edible fish. Um, I will say if the stats show that people are fishing a little bit less for that purpose, mm-hmm. for food purposes, but it is fairly common. These fish eat um, oysters, clams, okay. barnacles, crustaceans, a lot hard of things. Stuff. Yes, <laughs> a lot of crunchy stuff with shells. Very hard. So how do they crush these shells? I am so glad you asked. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, how do they crush the shells? With their very human-looking ah, teeth. <laughs> holy crap. Yeah, these fish have gone viral because they straight up have human teeth. <laughs> they look ah, like... <laughs> I almost can't look at this too closely. Ah. <laughs> they, holy shit. They literally look like they stole your grandma's dentures and like put ah, them in their mouth. Ah. When I say they have human teeth, they look exactly like human teeth. <laughs> They look like this. <laughs> so in a way, maybe that's why they're less popular now on your dinner dish. Because who wants your food to smile back at you? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, that's ah. it. They're disturbingly human. <laughs> and what I find really funny is that you have ones that straight up have like marketable pearly whites, like a full set of straight teeth. And what I find really humorous is that they also have dental problems that look very human so i also Needs pulled braces <laughs> i also pulled an image yeah with <laughs> of a fish that you know Holy i don't know if the female fishies find this attractive but it does look like it needs braces <laughs> and it might be missing a tooth or two can you imagine if i if when we i didn't know that this fish existed and you go fishing and you hook it and you unhook it and you like what do you do and the fish is just like Ding! <laughs> Hi. <laughs> You're probably just like, ah. <laughs> so funny story is apparently these fish are pretty smart, so they are good at stealing bait from oh. the hook. It's actually a lot of people fish them for game because they're okay. tricky. Um and oh, they make cool. for really fun pictures fun after you selfies. catch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can have they ever used as a human replacement oh my god why would you go there i don't know i don't think they have yet so these these, they're just so human i'm so impressed yeah and horrified yes they have a lot more in there and there like the depth of their mouth so it's like a full jaw their whole jaw can you to crush you bit you God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Holy crap. All I right. think someone actually um looked at the enamel structure okay. and said, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot like humans. <laughs> <laughs> so Victoria has put this idea out there of using it as human dental replacements. You heard it from <laughs> here know, first. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, dental is expensive. Go hooking Long Island and see if you can get lucky and save a few bucks on dentures. <laughs> Can't wait to tell your 
fisher, fishing loving husband. <laughs> hey, honey, I'm going to need a new fun tooth. <laughs> There's a market here. <laughs> capitalizing on it. It can survive in uh, it's these are ocean fish. These are marine mm. fish. They can survive high salinity levels. So well. these teeth are probably very sturdy. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Well, that's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> yeah, so next time you go fishing in the Atlantic, if your fish smiles back with yeah. you, that's uh, it's probably the sheep's it's head. The sheep's head. Cool. Yep. Very cool. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are very unfortunate. <laughs> I think it's the janky ones that make me laugh. <laughs> God damn. All right. Cool. Yay. Yay sheep's head fish. Sheep's head fish with human smiles. <laughs> All right. All right. That's Coming it. back. We're back. And to me, part two. Me, part two. And we're going to talk about the rest of the hyperpigmentation yes. landscape. You might think, yeah, no, $168, I'm going to pass. And Fair. Yep. I totally understand. Yep. Those are tough times. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you can find a lot of, you can find hyperpigmentation products across a wide range of price mm-hmm. points. But what we find is that it comes with a lot of confusion as to what the heck you're buying. Yeah. Uh, Gloria found a really good article from Allure. The title is The 19 Best Dark Spot Correctors to Treat and Prevent Hyperpigmentation. If you dabbled, they have some of the ones we talked about, like SkinCeuticals Discoloration Defense. Then you start looking at these and you start getting confused. You got like Paul's Choice, 10% Azelaic Acid Booster. You've got the Hyperskin product we talked about last time. You got Neutrogena's 20% Vitamin C Serum Castle. It just feels like just every product could possibly help your hyperpigmentation scenario. Yep. And honestly, it's probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah, from the list, I think the one that made me go, okay, I think it's time to break down the shopping landscape is um, the Ordinary's mandelic acid product Mm. 10% mandelic and I'm like okay 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 okay. Mm -hmm. if you're buying a single active product like the mandelic acid and expecting it to cure hyperpigmentation it is not working out for you yes totally agree all right so um we broke down the landscape in a couple categories and a couple of shopping tips Mm. in general and the first thing that we'd say you have to watch out for is niacinamide totally Niacinamide is a great ingredient. It is multifunctional. We've talked about it a gazillion times. And it is one of those hyperpigmentation actives that works on a very different pathway than all your other active ingredients. So that's why it's a very, it's a favorite. Yeah. It's um, unique in that it's one of the few that actually wants to intercept that melanin deposit. So this is post tyrosinase scenario. Mm -hmm. And somehow, yeah, it's uh, that's what makes it really great addition to the hyperpigmentation routine. But it's just one step. And so having it in eight different products in your routine, not necessarily the goal here. Yeah. And just to give you guys an idea of how prolific this guy Mm -hmm. is in this in this realm, you can find it in First Aid Beauty. The topicals fade it. Drunk Elephants, Bee Goldie has it. Skin Circles Discoloration Serum has it. It's in everything. Yeah. So the suggestion here is, Great. Um, definitely include it in your routine, especially if your skin reacts well to it. Yeah. Beware of overlayering and beware of just, yeah, just overdoing this ingredient. I think also because of, like we said, it's chemist favorite. It's very versatile. I would never actively seek out a product that's really heavy on niacinamide. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of what we were talking about in the decode with hodgepodge. A lot of these products are very niacinamide heavy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would not Personally, for me, you not want to spend a whole step that's like catering to like a heavy niacinamide active load. Yeah, yeah. that's Just such because a good point. It's going to you're going to have probably like three or four that will have niacinamide in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. 
the next ingredient you watch out for are your AJs. Mm. So your mandelic acid, your glycolic, and your lactic. Mm. Um, a lot of times in this category, they might be just hanging out. <laughs> so uh, the hyper uh, hyperskin has one called the face and glow AHA mask that mm. actually calls it out. But then you have alpha red overnight cream, mu red rapid dark spot mm. corrector. These all contain a certain level of glycolic acid, but you might miss it. You might not mm. notice that it's there. That's a really good point. And also, if you're used to having AHAs mm. in your product, you probably don't need one. But there is a realm of these where glycolic acid is the champion mm-hmm. active that's blended with other actives. And so, and, and we should mention AHAs are helpful yeah. um, in the routine. They help speed up cell turnover. They help, um, and with that, kind of bring all that pigmentation up to the surface. And so it kind of helps speed that process along. So it is a good step to have. Mm. But yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, our suggestion here would be, let's say you want to try a Mura Rapid Dark Spot Corrector that has uh, glycolic acid, some level of glycolic acid mm-hmm. already. Usually these are at lower level because so then you can use it um, every Maybe night. Yeah. But if you already have an exfoliating toner or serum, you probably don't need that exfoliating toner or serum anymore because then you're just stacking on too much chemical exfoliant. Um, in the case of something like a uh, like a Murad, I'll probably use it daily and still use that like once a week mm-hmm. rinse off mask to give it a boost. Yeah. But that's enough. Also, we should mention that sometimes you will see like there's hyperpigmentation data with using glycolic acid, but it's at much higher concentrations. So I think that's also kind of the tricky part mm-hmm. of AHAs is there's, levels to the benefits you'll get mm-hmm. and that's why for AHAs um, you'll hear about the home peels or even just the in-office peels and how that can help hyperpigmentations because those concentrations are so much higher yep refer back to our AHA yes episodes all right last but not ah. least <laughs> the single ingredient for heroes uh, this is called category temporary expectations and part yeah. of why like sometimes like, we have the biggest issue with this category is it gets so confusing yeah um so you might find azelaic acid mm-hmm. as a single ingredient for a hero or like if you read the lore article you'll be like oh mandelic acid that's cool this has 10% mandelic acid so it's like things like that or niacinamide there are mm-hmm. products out there that basically just have a button of niacinamide button <laughs> Certified chemist unit. <laughs> um, this is where, like Victoria mentioned, niacinamide, or not niacinamide, sorry. Uh, hyperpigmentation is a problem that you need a family of ingredients to take care of. So this is kind of a category you can temper your expectations a little bit. In the case of azelaic acid, you need to use it at fairly high levels. High. And like 20% is the most validated level, but you can probably take 10%, use it, uh, twice a day to get some efficacy it will work well but it's it's still just one ingredient it will help Brian it will help with your acne but don't expect miracles from one ingredient yeah totally outside of azelaic acid some of these other single ingredient heroes I don't know harder f- for me to be convinced also because I feel like I'm bound to just end up needing to layer like five different actives exactly. in this realm. And it just doesn't feel practical at all. Yeah. So I feel like it's more a test of whether or not these actives, I don't know, if your skin even likes these actives, then you can like dabble in other things maybe. For sure. And the one thing in this category that we re- I really want to like poo-poo on a little bit is the AHAs. Mm. Um, AHAs are great. And we would say having AHAs in your pigmentation routine is almost uh, a staple. Mm-hmm. You uh, exfoliating is actually very important to your whole routine. Mm-hmm. But if you do your, do your research, you might find these like 
AHA products being positioned as like standalone hyperpigmentation heroes. Mm-hmm. We would say they're like, they're good at brightening in general. Yeah. They work on pigmentation on a very superficial level. And it's one aspect to yes. pigmentation care. Yes. So yeah, that's that. Yeah. So hopefully that gives you guys a sense of what's out there. To summarize, let's talk about putting it all together in a routine. Um, well, first things first, uh, like we said, we called out, you know, keep track of the nice in mind. Mm-hmm. And also just watch out for AHAs. That's another category that can kind of get carried away. You might find in a lot of different things. Um, but just be mindful of how you want your AHAs to work. Are mm-hmm. you looking for daily exfoliation? Are you looking for a more strategic weekly mask? Mm-hmm. Um, that will probably give you some structure to how you're starting to build your skin cycling routine, I guess. But yeah, I think the thing that probably would help the most is figure out what is your main squeeze. Mm-hmm. For me, like I said, if I was going to shell out to do the Litera and TNS, I'm going to be building everything around that. Yes. Right. So that and then another a- avenue that a lot of people go down is retinoids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be your starting point. You're going to frame everything around this product. And last but not least, sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the cooler months. You might be getting a little bit less sun, but sun exposure is still a big factor of what's keeping that dark spot around longer you like and i think that's also why sometimes people get confused when we say like oh i want to start hyper like i want to tackle hyperpigmentation during summer and for us we always feel like focus more on the sunscreen habits yeah rather than building in this huge routine during summer when you are going to still be getting that excess sun Mm -hmm. because no matter what as much as you try like sun is sun we can't help it there's gonna be you know you with that it's going to add to your hyperpigmentation scenario so that's why we always want to reserve that build out for fall as like a more economical way honestly to go about this yeah and then we should also mention vitamin c yes sorbic acid it's a staple in everybody's routine i think it's an easy preventative measure yeah it does work for it does help with actively brightening your skin. Yeah. But again, that's another one where if you're already having your routine, keep at it. Yeah. You can add your other pig, um, pigmentation serums on top of it. But it by itself may not be like the thing that's going to do it for you. Totally. And I think I had, after going through all of this, I had one kind of interesting thought. Mm-hmm. I do feel like of all the types of skin concerns out there i think hyperpigmentation might just be the most expensive mm-hmm. just because yeah. of the like the combination of actives you want to try point. right mm-hmm. and honestly i will say i feel like this um realm has the most data mm-hmm. in terms of brands and testing that all come at a price that i feel like is actually substantiated mm-hmm. you're it's gonna i feel like it's gonna cost me a lot more moolah to tackle this yeah for sure and other concerns so i don't know i feel like that's kind of a i was like oh i guess this is where i'll blow all my money (laughs) yeah that's such a good point and so i mean the takeaway from that is if you know you're prone to pa age or if you are genetically predisposed to that kind of um conditions asian sunscreen's your friend vitamin c's your friend because prevention is still going to be a lot cheaper than the TNA, TNS plus like Tara routine. Hurts. Hurts so good. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that was helpful for you guys. Definitely check out some of our previous blog posts. We've actually written a lot about mm. this category, um, also in our book as well. Um, but otherwise, you can find us on our website at chemistconfessions.com, 
our Instagram. You can DM us at chemist.confessions. You can email us your questions at info at chemistconfessions.com. We are on TikTok, but we do not answer the DM. So if you do have a burning skincare question you'd like us to answer on the podcast, please leave them in the comments below. But otherwise, enjoy. I hope this was helpful. Bye. 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 Bye.